failure from a hero, um, the show that highlights individuals who have made a positive impact within our community by embracing the American Red Cross fundamental principles of humanity, impartiality, neutrality, independence, volunteer service, unity, and universality. And we will go over all of these in future episodes so that the community can have a better idea of what this means as a Red Crosser. I'm your host, Matthew Riddle. Uh, I proudly serve as the executive director for the South Central chapter of the American Red Cross. And today we're gonna to talk about diversity and inclusion with Dr. Obi from Ohio University. We'll discuss the ins and outs of his experiences and what led him to become a Red Cross volunteer. Dr. Obi was born in Nigeria in the very late 60s and came to the United States in the early 2000s. He's a longtime resident of Munster, Indiana, which he considers his adopted hometown and currently resides in Chillicothe, Ohio. Uh, he is the assistant professor and coordinator of the business programs at Chillicothe campus of Ohio University. He's also my board chair, the South Central Ohio American board chair. He is a disaster action team member. He is a blood donor, and he's also very active in leading our diversity and inclusion committee within the Red Cross. Um, Dr. Obi, how you doing? Thanks for joining us. Thank you, Matt. I'm glad to join you today. Yeah, it's great to see you. How you been? It's been good, you know, cooped up in the house, working from home is <laughs> the yeah, new well, reality we face, you know. How long you been doing that, Greg? Um, since uh, spring of uh, 2020, you know, um, as you know, due to the COVID, the university went, you know, virtual and uh, we've been on virtual support and virtual learning since then, the spring of 2020. That should be about March of 2020. Well, hopefully we're, we all get through this soon and we're back to, to meeting in person. I have not met you in person, Greg. So for everyone listening, um, we built this, we have been building this chapter since April. It's, it's a new chapter um, and we've been doing it virtually. Um, so the day I get to shake your hand, Dr. Obi is a great day for all of us. So I'm excited about that. Um, so let's get, let's get into a little bit of, of your background. You're born in Nigeria, your family's from there. And I just kind of want to go over, just to put context on this for everyone listening. Um, you, you grew up or were born during the Nigerian Civil War, uh, which is known as the Biafran War, uh, which was July 6, 1967 through January 13, 1970. Um, very dangerous, very violent war. Um, and, and there is some Red Cross history within that. But what do you remember? What do you, if you don't remember anything, um, what has your family told you about that time um, and how the Red Cross possibly helped you out? Well, thanks, Matt. Uh, like you rightly said, I was born right in the middle of it, so I don't have any memory yeah. of uh, what happened during the Civil War. However, I've had so much stories from my older siblings, older family members. The one of the stories that stuck with me was my mom having just given birth to me and my twin sister. And a few minutes after, there was a, an air raid. Oh, geez. So, and everybody had to be evacuated from the hospital building, and they all went into the bushes to hide. And a couple of feet away from her, a bombshell exploded, you know, so. But on the good path, um, because my dad worked at a brewery company that had um, a lot of trucks and vans, so many of those were converted to support the human efforts, you know. So um, stories were about 
the Red Cross in Nigeria and the Catholic Charities, Caritas, being able to support families with food, rations, and all those. So um, the uh, brewing company, Golding Inn Breweries in Omaha back then in the Southeast, supplied their vans and trucks to help move these commodities. So to a large extent, my family and many other families in the Biafran region, Biafran region is really most of the Southeast of Nigeria that wanted to secede from the rest of Nigeria. Uh, supply, food, and shelter was provided by the Red Cross and the uh, Caritas. You know, and, so. and what made that even harder is that Nigeria was blocking food and supplies yes, to, um, your, to your people. Yes, it was said that one of the ministers then, I think Minister of Economics or something, had said that hunger was a legitimate instrument of warfare. Yep. So they blocked the wharf uh, to stop um, uh, food from coming in into the region, you know, so. Yeah, and, and when you just think about the, uh, the violence um, and where the Red Cross comes in internationally, uh, on June 5th, 1968, um, the Nigerian army shot down a Red Cross. A Red Cross plane. Red Cross plane, and it was in the middle of broad daylight. And I know mm -hmm. that made world national news um, as I went back to do some research. Um, and it killed three, three uh, ICRC relief workers, um, just to put some context on this conflict. But, you, you know, moving, moving through that, Greg, is there, um, what, have you, what have you taken uh, from that background, that history, into your everyday life uh, when you came to America in the early 2000s? I've always been, I would say, I often describe myself as an outsider, insider. You know, uh, being, an, being privileged to be an American citizen, but also uh, having been born and lived a lot of my adult life outside of the U.S., traveled extensively through Europe and uh, Asia. You know, I, I tend to be a little more appreciative of what is the everyday uh, common benefits of living in this nation. You know, and, and one of those is like we just reflected is the stories of hardship, stories of bomb raids, you know, uh, during my uh, birth years and my older siblings going through real hunger and strife, you know. Um, but it's humbling that in the face of this, there were human beings across the world who had no stake whatsoever. They didn't have family members in Nigeria, knew nobody in Nigeria, but risked their lives to bring food, to bring uh, uh, clothing, to bring shelter to people because they genuinely cared for humanity. You know, um, growing up, of course, I wasn't that reflective. It didn't mean much, but of course, um, they say hindsight is 2020, and as one grows older, you begin to appreciate those. But like I said, um, I often talk about the everyday city noise, sounds of ambulances, sound of pol uh, police siren, that we hear and take for granted. I don't know how many of us that pause to recognize that each of those sounds reflects a family or an individual in distress. I don't think I do, Greg, but that, I mean, that's just a, a great point. You hear it all day, every day. And yeah, you know, it becomes part of our life. We don't think about it. Some of us don't even pull over for ambulances on the road, you know. Um, so it's a challenge, but it kind of puts in perspective there are people like Red Crossers who actually go to 
sorry to use that phrase, you know, uh, fools rushing in where angels fear to trade, right? But yep. these are kind <laughs> fools who want to do things when there's a disaster, everybody else is running away, but you're coming in to come and provide shelter and succor to the people who are, are faced with those disasters. That's a, that's a great way to, to, to put in the terms what we do. Um, and the people that volunteer for us um, and our staff. It's, it's remarkable to see our mission in action. Um, like you said, when people are running away from the fire or the hurricane, we're the ones that are coming in a They're day or two in. early uh, to prepare. So I love that. I love that thought, Craig. Do you, um, do you feel a sense of pay it forward with the Red Cross, um, you know, based on your background from Nigeria and your family's Oh yeah, absolutely. You know, uh, life is a full circle, right? You know, is is when the opportunity. I always believe in giving back. Like I said, it's humbling to live in this nation, to carry the American passport, and have a free travel all over the world. You know, but part of that blessing, I always believe that every blessing comes with a responsibility, right? You know, every privilege should be accompanied with the responsibility, and part of that responsibility is to give back. That is even very personal to me and my family, and especially my mom, you know, who who was excited when I told her I've joined the Red Cross. And that was when she reminded me of the story of how there was a bombshell just shortly after we were born, my twin sister and I. But I feel um, a sense of gratitude that I'm able to give back to an organization that served my family and my country, uh, my uh, countrymen, you know, and are serving the rest of the world, you know, mm -hmm. and it's great to me. I always describe experience with the Red Cross is that I give that keeps giving, right? You are doing good to someone else, but you get a sense of grat gratification, yeah. you know, that you've been able to do good, you know, you can go back home smiling for that one day or one incident, you know, and there's nothing that really defines humanity than what the Red Cross does, you know. Yeah, and that, that's powerful. That's powerful stuff, Greg. I mean, and it's, 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 you know, seeing you and seeing all of other volunteers who um, share that same passion for service and giving um, that, you know, that fuel me um, to, to want to do more and do better for this chapter um, that we're in. Um, you mentioned to me before uh, in previous conversations that the Red Cross is like the gift that keeps on giving. And I just kind of wanted for the, for the listeners in the community uh, to maybe kind of understand what you meant by that. Well, um, first of all, there's that um, sense of community, you know, because you're serving people within your community. But um, we recognize that in today's age and time, community is not just about Chile Coffee. We live, in a, we live in a globalized world, right? And that events in outside your community impacts what happens in your community and that things within your community impacts on what happens in the rest of the world. Therefore, as a, uh, uh, a DAT volunteer, even if you're sent to Louisiana or when the nation was, or the world was okay, went on international, volunteer, you're actually still contributing to your community. But most importantly is that path of being a Red Crosser are the many free trainings that you receive. And as an educator, one of the things I always tell people is that education is one thing nobody can take away from you once you get it, right? So I can give you a shirt to wear or give you a pair of pants 
And when we are quarrel, I tell you, hey, man, give me back my pants, right? But any knowledge I pass on to you, I can't get it back. So I see that, and that's why I described the serving with the Red Cross as a gift that gives on giving, because you go through a whole bunch of trainings, you know, be it food prepping, be it sanitizing your house, basic hygiene, how to drive a vehicle properly. These are all trainings that you take back home with you and you use with yourself and your family. And majority of, actually all of them are given to volunteers free of charge. Yep. So, so not only that you are learning things that will help you all through life, help you and your family, you are using that training you receive to serve your community and humanity. I mean, how awesome can it be? <laughs> hey, I agree. That, that's, that's, that's why I, 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 I love working for the American Red Cross. Um, I've had uh, numerous jobs in the, in the for-profit business world. Um, and, you know, it really, it, it's just to what you said. It's, it's being able to, you know, work your day and, um, you know, realize that you made a difference in someone's life. You know, my, uh, you know, just a little bit of my background, which you know, Greg, but maybe the listeners don't. Uh, my father passed away from pancreatic cancer in 2015. Um, and he received all of his blood donations and platelets um, at the Cleveland Clinic uh, in Cleveland, Ohio, which is um, all, um, all Red Cross donor blood. So to me, I, I kind of live by this, this motto when I wake up every day is, you know, how can I get that one more blood drive? How can I get that one more volunteer who might get that blood drive Absolutely. so that the family, you know, if some family has someone who's battling cancer, that the blood that I get for them can maybe help them spend more time with their loved one like I have. You know, I'm grateful that uh, I had more time with my dad um, because of chemo and blood treatments and plasma treatments. Um, so that's really my mission is, is just to remember, remember him, you know, probably how you remember your background. and. Absolutely. Um, you know, everybody can, can be a part of the Red Cross. Everybody has a Red Cross story. I truly believe that. If you and really let me add this, Matt. And let me add this uh, to our listeners. You don't have to have had a personal disaster to appreciate what the Red Cross does, right? So mm -hmm. we happen to be unique in the sense that you and I have had direct benefit from Red Cross before now. But, you know, um, I think is even more awesome that you don't have to have had a benefit, right? And you are contributing, yeah, you know, and uh, paying it forward, you know, you never know what happens tomorrow, you know. No, you don't. <laughs> nothing nothing <laughs> guaranteed. Mm -hmm. um, so, I mean, I, I, I do want to move on, um, you know, to talk about diversity a little bit, Dr. Obi. I know that's a, um, it's a hot topic in this country, but it's something that hasn't really been um, new to the American Red Cross, um, Gail McGovern, our CEO, um, at the beginning of our fiscal year in July, um, she outlined um, her diversity and inclusion action plan. And just to touch on it briefly, I mean, I don't, to use her words, because she is awesome and, and um, I don't want to mess up the quotes, but, mm -hmm. um, you know, the first thing that she wants us to do as Red Crossers is create, creating opportunities for, for ongoing dialogue. Um, to continue to educate staff and include as many voices in that conversation as possible. Mm -hmm. um, what do you think about that? The, uh, the importance of dialogue within an organization, um, you know, launching resource materials like the Black Experience with videos and stories and TED Talks to, to help us understand um, racial inequity. And uh, I just, what's your thoughts on that? 
on Gail's first <clears throat> goal. You know, you know, um, like they say, you you don't know what it's like to you walk in someone's shoes, right? So when um, from a personal perspective, you know, uh, being um, a black man in uh, in the world, you know, uh, each time we talk about diversity, it's almost like you're talking about the group that one belongs to, right? Mm -hmm. uh, however, uh, not just about recognizing the individuality that makes us different, right? It's more about, like you said, hearing each other. And we don't necessarily have to agree, but we need to listen and hear each other and respect the difference that we have. You know, each time the, by the way, diversity is part of my core research area, you know, in, uh, mm -hmm. in my academic life, in my professional life, you know, I research in the area of how organizational management differ from culture to culture mm -hmm. and how uh, variables like gender, socioeconomic status, changes management practice across cultures, you know, and uh, within countries even. But anyway, back to diversity and the Red Cross. So whenever we talk about diversity, one of the things I try to remind people, you know, the common phrase we say that America is a melting pot, right? And I always remind people that's not diversity. Actually, that's dangerous for our nation. I've used that a lot of times, Craig, so I'm wrong. Yeah, <laughs> yeah so I tell people that why don't we see America as a pot of uh, soup? And using my favorite soup, chicken noodle soup, you yeah. know, so it, you, it's easy to see the constituent parts or ingredients that make up the chicken noodle soup. You can see the chicken, you can see the noodle, the carrots, the celery, and all those stuff, right? right. So the individuality of them are not lost in that beautiful savory pot of soup, but they all come together to make something so flavorful that individually they could not have done. And to me, that's what diversity is, is about synergy, bringing the difference that make us unique, you know, in order to form something greater than any one of us. And the only way to do that is to recognize those differences, respect those differences, find the connectivity amongst those differences. Because truly, the challenge of a black man, a white man, a red guy, a gay black man, a gay black woman, whatever it is, are the same, you know, so, recognizing those and finding those commonalities and using them to build a synergy to to hear each other to respect each each other's differences and to create a society that is even more awesome you know than Absolutely. our fathers envisioned you know and to me that's really what uh, diversity is all about but more importantly it's not just about hearing each other it's about being inclusive it's one thing to have a diversified organization or society, but how inclusive are we? Inclusivity looks at accepting those differences and engaging with those differences to understand why they exist. To so what if somebody, what if somebody um, doesn't know how to engage or is uncomfortable going up and having a conversation with somebody um, that's not like them? Um, what advice do you have to kind of break the ice? What is... Um, you know, what's a way to do that for, for people listening to the community that um, want to do more with, with um, diversity and inclusion, whether it's in their organization, in their life, or in their non their other nonprofit or their community? Um, you know, how do you do that? How do you break down a barrier of, of getting that conversation started? 
Well, the first thing, like I, I just to that and what I said before, the idea that our needs and wants, our desires are basically the same, irrespective of those differences that we have. So my attitude is always about how would I want to be treated by this individual? And recognizing that that same individual expects absolutely the same thing, no yep. difference. Really, that it doesn't matter that I'm black or white or green or that I'm gay or I'm straight, you know, whichever it is, you know, or that I have some debilitating diseases, you know, or because of my older age or whatever it is, or even my younger age, we all want the same. Yep. And, 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 and diversity and, of thought too. Yes. And if you recognize this, that fact that this man or woman expects to be treated like I want to be treated, then the, the common starting point is to respond to that person the way you wish someone else will respond to you, right? We right. all want a smiling face, a shake, a good handshake with sincerity. I can look into your eyes and recognize that you mean well for me, you know? And importantly, I also think that sometimes when we don't know how to begin, there's nothing wrong to ask. Right. I was having a conversation with a friend of mine uh, and my son, and I said how I like people with freckles on their face and red head. And I said, is it derogatory to call somebody ginger? Because in the culture I grew up, everybody's black, right? So I may not know. So there's nothing wrong in asking. Right. You know, and knowing what that person wants and knowing how the person wants to be treated. So sometimes when my, my attitude is that when you're confused, ask questions. I tell my students and for our listeners, the only stupid question is the one you didn't ask. Yep, I do that. And I think the it, it's been great so far. I mean, again, the, the, the diversity and inclusion is not not something new for the Red Cross. It's something that we've, we've done. And um, Gail McGovern and um, our CEO, Stephanie Bird and um, Elvia Price in Cincinnati, who works on the diversity and inclusion team that you were able to, to join a couple calls on. Um, they do amazing work. And I think the ongoing dialogue um, is really working for us. Uh, I, I think many organizations should look into the Red Cross to learn diversity because by default, based on the principles of the mm -hmm. Red Cross, we recognize the differences and respect them and try to treat everybody the same. But more importantly, in my short experience with the Red Cross, Red Cross has done a, a better job at even identifying those unknown differences, because it's easy to talk about gender differences, it's easy to talk about racial differences, it's easy to talk about sexual orientation, but even within those minor groups, there are also differences we don't recognize, maybe age, education level, maybe socioeconomic power, maybe health, may even create a diversity, because the truth of the matter is that what a 50 plus black man with a doctorate degree but doesn't have a heart problem is different from what I have, you know. So understanding those minute differences and how those minute differences influence our behavior and our thoughts and influence the things we desire and what we want. I think the Red Cross has done a good job of trying to recognize those minute differences and using it to serve our community. You know, you and I talked about how to start generating blood donation for a very 
minority groups within our chapter areas. And we talked about the fact that minority group is not just about race, right? It's uh -huh. also <laughs> about so many uh, variables that both known and unknown that we have to start exploring, right? Uh, to know that somebody can be cared for, you know. Uh, and we talked about, you know, my, my position on it is, uh, and it's the Red Cross position too, but, you know, everyone, um, you know, is, is, is welcome at the Red Cross. You know, we're, we're, we're lucky to live in a diverse, um, multicultural community. And, mm -hmm. and I think there's, you know, where people support each other um, and look for ways to serve the community. Um, the Red Cross obviously values that diversity and works to reflect that in our volunteers. Um, what would you say to a community member um, who's listening um, that's from a diverse background that may be hesitant to volunteer with the Red Cross for whatever reason or preconceived notion of the organization, what would you say to them? All right. There is a space for every human being in the world in the Red Cross. Trust me. I, it took me, uh, I've lived in Chillicothe for six years, going to my seventh year. It took me about four years to, to sum up the courage to want to volunteer with the Red Cross because I've always thought about what am I qualified for? What can I really do? I'm not a nurse. I'm not a doctor. I'm not a ranger that can go into the field. But the truth is that there is space for everybody in Red Cross. And when I mean everybody, I literally mean everybody from the child, you know, who does pillowcase uh, 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 stuffing and who understands how to prepare or what a smoke alarm is, you know, and how to prep the house in case there is disaster. This is my grab and go bag, you know, to the retired older person who sits at home. And here's a funny thing, though. The COVID-19 quarantine experience has actually strengthened our knowledge and use of technology. So as a DAT volunteer, I've never really been in the field. All my, all my, yeah. all my volunteer has been virtual, right? So yeah. I'm more adept at using those. So I say that in the sense that for anybody hearing my voice, there's a position and there's a place for you in the Red Cross. And I promise you, in your first one month of being a volunteer in the Red Cross, you will certainly be sure that you made the right call. That's great. I mean, that, that makes me feel really good, Greg, that, that you, you believe that and you live it and, and you do it. Um, you know, Gail's second uh, directive was to increase diversity of employees and volunteers. And we've, we've talked a little bit about doing this you know, in our, in our chapter here in South Central Ohio by creating our diversity action project, um, where we're gonna engage and partner with diverse student organizations um, in Ohio University's campus and Wilmington College, College. Um, to, to foster relationships with the next generation of Red Crossers, to, to listen to what the students from different backgrounds think of us or want from us or need from us or what we can help them with. Um, I'm really excited about this because it actually it goes right into Gail's third mm -hmm. um, and final idea, isn't that? And that is to increase the blood supply for sickle cell patients, which we are trying to do next month mm -hmm. um, or the month after at Ohio University and holding a sickle cell themed blood drive mm -hmm. um, for Black fraternities, sororities, um, and other you know minorities on campus that will will want to give blood. And it's really, hopefully, it's an education thing that we can do. Um, and raise a lot of awareness. Um, but, you know, sickle cell is something that I don't think a lot of people understand um, that the donor uh, needs to be an African-American donor to help 
because the disease is an African-American disease, correct? Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's, it's a painful and it's a life-threatening disease. And it's something that uh, I think we all need to take seriously and, and we recognize um, to get a more diverse blood pool. You give blood. How much blood have you given, Greg? Um, I've done this, oh, well, last year now. So <laughs> we're in a new year. So I've done uh, four units, right? In the past year, I shouldn't be getting ready for my next blood donation. Um, by the second week of March, I've already scheduled that, you know. Um, uh, I don't know about you, Math, but I get joy when I open my blood donation app and I see my blood journey, right? And I see when yeah. it's gone through the process of screening and all those and when it's in storage and when actually it has been given to somebody. Yep. I wish, you know, I wish we could find out the actual person and their story. But again, no, I'm not sure I want to know the person because <laughs> I think to a certain extent, it removes um sense of humility from it. Right. I don't want anybody to feel beholden to me that I did give blood. That's I mean, it's given to me free of charge from God, you know, <laughs> and giving it to help my other brother or sister who might live somewhere. I do remember my first donation for the last year ended up somewhere in Louisiana or so, you know, mm -hmm. and it, it's just humbling to know that I've only passed through Louisiana on my drive once to Texas and uh, spent one night in the hotel. I know I, I really don't even know anybody in Louisiana, but to recognize that my little power red donation made a difference to somebody's life there is awesome. I am not sure, to be honest with you, that I want to know the person because I don't want anybody coming to give me a big hug and feeling no, the to me. You know, I think the gratitude is knowing that it did make a difference. To me, is is an act of worship. I always say that that volunteering to me is an act of worship, but for the grace of God, I could have been that person depending on that blood, right? Mm -hmm. So um, some of us are prayer warriors, some of us do other things, but I think that when you volunteer, when you donate blood, you're also recognizing there's something greater than you are, and you're trying to make a little contribution to humanity. I see it as an act of worship, you know. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, it's almost, I'm almost speechless to, to even respond to that because it just makes so much sense to what we do. And, um, you know, I, and for the listeners, again, if you give blood to the American Red Cross and you download the blood donor app, um, you will be able to see where your blood um, goes. Right now within our chapter, you know, as we're building this thing, we have, we have 10 counties that are inside the South Central chapter um, and we're growing and we're building. And um, inside of those those uh, South Central is 10 counties are Athens, Vinton, Ross, Fayette, Clinton, Highland, Adams, Fairfield, and Pickaway County. Greg, am I missing one possibly? I don't think you are. I'm okay. trying to look at my... Cool. So, so what, I, what I'm trying to say to the audience is we're still looking for board members. We're looking for community volunteer leaders. We're looking for people that... Um, get inspired from this podcast, get inspired from the words of Dr. Obi um, and want to be involved. And uh, at the end of the show here, when I wrap this up, I'll give you guys some uh, ways to get involved and get in touch with me. Um, and as this is post um, on Facebook, we'll have some uh, opportunities for you guys to possibly reach out to me or Dr. Obi to further ask questions um, and go from there. So, um, we did it. Dr. Obi is our first, first podcast. Um, I thank you so much for 
for everything you do. You've made a tremendous impact on my life. Um, you know, your wisdom, your friendship uh, really does motivate me every day to, to be better. And I'm not just saying that. Um, I, it's, it's a pleasure to know you. Um, and I thank you for, for doing this. Thank you so much, Matt. You know, it's amazing to build such a strong friendship virtually. I know. <laughs> uh, most people wouldn't believe that, you, like you said earlier, you and I have not met, but we've been together, have built so much good friendship that we seem to have known each other on I know, our it lives. Like it's been a while. You know, and I think that's a reflection of that spirit the Red Cross brings, right? It, uh, uh, unity and uh, a common purpose is being really, really humbling uh, that this little kid from Nigeria that's trying to make a little difference in the community, you know, and I'll encourage all our listeners, especially the younger ones, because I think the, the more we have younger volunteers in high school, in colleges that come in, you know, if you are retired and you're wondering what to do with your time, hey, we have a bunch of stuff we can do together. <laughs> if you're working and you have that little one hour you can give up for a week, there's something for you to do in the Red Cross. So get in touch with Math or myself, that's really something that uh, you can do for your community and the world in general. Thank you, Matt. I'm yeah. honored to be part of this first podcast. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, and next week, um, I have the pleasure of sitting down with Columbus, Ohio Executive Director Corey Paul. Uh, Corey and I are going to talk about his service to our country uh, before he joined the Red Cross and also dive a little bit into his latest deployment, uh, which was in California for the wildfires a couple months ago. He has some amazing stories from that. Um, if you want to recommend a friend, a colleague, a community member uh, for a future episode of Hear From a Hero, you can either post in the comment section here on Facebook um, or email me directly at matthew.riddle at redcross.org. That's M-A-T-T-H-E-W dot R-I-D-D-L-E at redcross.org. Uh, and special thanks to Ohio University intern Kelly Cardum uh, for helping produce today's show. Put good into the world and good will come back to you, my friends. Thank you for tuning in to Hear From a Hero. If you would like to learn about more ways that you can help support the Red Cross, like becoming one of our volunteers, you can go to our website at redcross.org volunteer.